Hello, my friend. My name is Haley Peters. I am your host of At the Bedside, and I am so happy that you're here. This podcast, I want this to be a safe space for us to come together and talk, to share our stories, to empower each other, to educate each other, and to help each other learn to heal from the things that are hard to talk about. I am here with Hannah. I was going to say my friend Hannah, but we're actually family, so that's cool. (laughs) But Hannah, I've been excited to have you on the podcast as a guest because I think that you have a lot different like perspective and experience than a lot of people who have been on or who will be on in the future because you had a home birth and not only did you have a home birth, but you had a home birth with your first baby. (laughs) And I think that, you know, a lot of people who end up going the home birth route, like do it after they've already experienced delivery and they know what they want to do different, but right out the gate, you were like, Nope, I know what I want, (laughs) what we're doing. So I'd love to have you kind of introduce yourself a little bit and then tell, you know, your birth experience and your birth story and kind of give us a little bit of how you came to the conclusion that that's what you wanted to do. Yeah, totally. Um, So as you said, my name is Hannah. I am 24. I had my planned home birth with my first child in August of 2022. It wasn't really something that I had to mull over the decision to do it. I, you know, in the years leading up to having my first child, you know, after getting married, I was thinking about, you know, in the future when we have kids, what will our plan be? What do we want it to look like? And I knew that I wanted to just be the most in control that I could be mm-hmm. for my experience. I, you know, my first baby, first labor experience, first pregnancy, I just wanted to take complete control. And I was lucky enough to be a very low risk pregnancy. I no complications, never had any sort of worries. So I was lucky enough to uh, not have any hurdles to jump through with deciding on a home birth, because I know some women want to do it and aren't able to just because of other circumstances surrounding it. But yeah, I actually, my leading up to uh, my labor was stressful. I struggled with insurance for a while and I didn't see my midwife until I was probably 25 weeks. So I was, yeah, I was getting up there with my (laughs) first midwife appointment. (laughs) I had had, you know, ultrasounds and blood work done and yeah. all that stuff. But I hadn't sat down and talked with anybody about how I wanted to do this mm-hmm. until we were getting close. Yeah. Um, it was stressful. <laughs> I didn't even realize it was that late before you were able to see her. That's yeah. <laughs> Gotta love insurance. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They make it a battle. <laughs> But, you know, I met with her and immediately the first thing I loved was that she, before getting into the logistics of how your pregnancy is going and all that, wants to know really what mental space you're in with, you know, she wants to know why you decided on a home birth, you know, what was your choices leading up to it? Because when you ask them, why did you decide to do a home birth? It either stems from trauma from a hospital birth you know, something they didn't like that happened and now they want to do it differently. Or, 
you know, like he says, their fourth or fifth baby and just want to try something different. So she was confused as well why first baby I decided to do a home birth. But and I just I I feel like with having a midwife, I was able to have that really personal connection with the person that I knew was going to deliver my baby. Mm-hmm. Um, which was important to me. You know, I didn't want it to be, you know, I show up and there's people coming in and out and it's like a high intense environment. I just wanted, I st- I told her from the very beginning, I want to be in my own bed, have my baby and then have everybody go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was 40 weeks and four days by the time I went into labor, which freaked everybody out. You know, my sisters had inductions and they both had babies early and I went into labor early. So I, out of the three of us, had the longest pregnancy. Mm-hmm. It just, the way labor started for me wasn't like how you see it in movies or anything like, oh, you know, you're in labor. Yeah. I, we had gone out for the day and I was having really bad back pain which at the time I didn't know back labor was really a thing. Mm -hmm. I just thought, oh, I'm heavily pregnant. My back hurts. It's normal. Uh, We get home. It was like six o'clock at night. And I tell my husband, I was like, you know, something's just not, this pain isn't normal. Yeah. It's not just pregnancy pain. So started timing my contractions at 630. I got in the tub to try to relieve some of the pain. He called the midwife and she came over and did all her checks. And I was sitting there thinking, okay, the amount of pain I'm in, I've got to be progressed. Like I'm getting there. I was two centimeters, (laughs) 80% of face. And she told me, you know, get comfy. It's going to be a little while. Yeah. You know, this isn't something that you can rush, even though you want to. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, and it was just the best experience because she, other than when she came in to do my checks, she wasn't in the room. She would leave and go to a different room and just let it be me and him going through it, having him support me, help me with pain management. You know, she said, unless you need me, I'm staying out of the way. So it was a very calm environment. You know, I got to be in my bed just relaxing until things happened and my water didn't break until 3 a.m. I labored overnight which was awful (laughs) so tired broke at 3 a.m. and she then told me the reason my back was hurting so bad the back labor was because Stevie was sunny side up and shortly after my water broke I you know, I could tell that I needed to push, but she kept telling me, you know, she's not quite there yet. She's not quite there yet. And I was like, well, I'm ready for her to be there. <laughs> Gotta be there. <laughs> because because my body's telling me she's there, so she's there. <laughs> and I think out of the whole experience, the pushing was the most stressful. I pushed for three hours because I I was able to look through all the notes that she had written out after she left and said that she was doing what they call turtling. She was trying to come forehead first. 
So it was, you know, you bear down, she moves, you stop, she goes back. Yeah. So it was just a fight for hours to get her to a position to where I could keep bearing down. But she, I had a 12 hour labor, which I thought was long (laughs) until I talked to other women. Yeah. And was told, no, that's very short, especially for your first. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I've heard of women in labor for days, Mm -hmm. you know, with no progression. So I didn't, I didn't know at the time how lucky I got with that. (laughs) It felt like very. (laughs) Yeah. And I, all I remember really, because I, I didn't realize what a fog you go into when you're giving birth. It's like, you're just out of your own body you're Mm -hmm. not present for any of it and my midwife likes to call that labor land (laughs) she said when you enter into labor land that's when you know you're close (laughs) because I I got to the point where I had stopped my deep breathing and all I kept saying was please tell me it's almost over (laughs) I was also it was scary in the moment, but I kind of, I tell people, I kind of had to be mean to myself throughout the process because I kept telling myself over and over in my head that even if you're feeling right now, like you can't do this, do not say it out loud because then you can't. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And telling myself, you know, crying's not going to make it go any faster. Complaining about it hurting isn't going to make it stop hurting. And the only way to be done with it is to do it. So buck up and do it. (laughs) Yeah. I guess you kind of have that moment where it's like, you know, there's no backing out now. Like you're here, you're in it. You've got to finish it. Yeah. And I had that moment after she was born. One of my first thoughts was, you know, I, I still didn't believe that I was even really pregnant because it's just like pregnancy and labor is so surreal Yeah, that it's like, it's not solidified until they're here. (laughs) Yeah. And then it's like, you were actually there the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I had that moment when we were bringing her home, like putting her in the car to bring Avery home. I was like, like, once we go home with you, like there's no going back to just the two of us. Like you're here forever. And it's like, wait. Oh yeah. No, I after after she was born, I, you know, my midwife, she had a whole checklist of things I had to do, had to use the bathroom, had to eat and had to shower. Did all of that within two hours after she was born. And then sitting there holding my baby, you know, recovering, she says, All right, we're gonna get out of your hair. It's like, hold on. You're leaving? You're going to leave? <laughs> I like, I just met this baby two hours ago. And now you're leaving me alone with her. Just met this baby. <laughs> I don't even know her. <laughs> it's, and, you know, my husband, it, I labored overnight and I told him, go to sleep because I don't need you right now. You know, while I was going through contractions because I had my midwife and a doula who was helping me with pain management. So I told him, I said, just go to bed. I don't need you right now. We'll wake you up for the hard part because I need you to be awake and alert for the pushing, you know, but right now go away. (laughs) Don't look at me. Don't touch me. Don't talk to me. Go to sleep. (laughs) 
And so he was up and ready to go and was asking me, you know, after my midwife left, you know, do you want me to take her so you can take a nap? And I'm looking like, I'm not tired. (laughs) You know, I could get up and run around the house for a few hours. I'm not tired at all. And silly me thought that it was just, you know, I've got a lot of energy, but it was all adrenaline. Yeah. And I felt it come crashing back down a few hours later <laughs> where it was like, could barely have my eyes open. Yeah. Full, feeling full force what my body had just done. Cause yeah. I think it's like they tell you in, when your body is in like a high stress situation, like pain, it doesn't really let you feel the full force of it until your body relaxes. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I relaxed, it was like, heavy yeah everything that had just happened I felt all of it so did did your midwife stay the whole time or did she like leave and come back or like at what point is she just like there in the house with you she we when we first called her when I was timing contractions she wanted me to wait a little while and you know make sure they were getting closer together uh lasting longer and he called her back probably 10 minutes later because he was freaking out and was like, no, she's in labor. Come now. I thinking on it now, I probably could have waited a good few hours before we called her. Yeah. Because, you know, she got here and did all my checks and was really, there was nothing else for her to do. It was just, you know, you've got to keep getting through these contractions, laboring. Mm -hmm. Let's get some progression, you know, and, You know, she was helpful offering me snacks and drinks and heating pad for during contractions on and off. Um, But for the most part, you know, she got here and she stayed here, but she was in and out of the room the whole time up until my water broke. And then she stayed because um, things were progressing a lot faster after that, obviously. Yeah. So I know you can't be like, you know, in the hospital, you're on like the continuous fetal monitoring and you have the belly bands and all the things. Do they just do it like with a Doppler, like intermittently during labor? Like, does she just check on baby periodically or? Yeah, I think she had like a timed system. Um, I'm not sure what the schedule was, but um, every time she would come in, she'd do the Doppler and just make sure everything was where it should be and sounding okay. Um, and I only had two cervical checks the whole time. She told me, you know, she's big on letting it be your decision whether or not you want them. Mm-hmm. Because when you're in labor, they don't do much for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, if I had kept going on and on and on, with no signs of progression, she told me, you know, I would insist on a check, but I'm not going to force you to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, for the most part, was very hands off up until pushing time. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, though, because I think that a lot of women who do have hospital births don't realize how many people are going to be in your room and how many times they're going to want to check your cervix and they're going to be adjusting monitors and checking your IV and doing all the things, which, you know, some people don't mind at all and that's fine. But 
you know, sometimes once you go through that, then that's when you realize I want to do it differently. And I want a way more intimate approach. So I just think it's cool that like from the beginning, you were like, no, I know what I want. And this is what we're doing. Yeah, I always anytime I had a lot of family that was not in agreement with my decision, constantly told me that they were scared to death. Yeah, that something was going to go wrong. And it was just, you know, it was one of those moments I had to really kind of try to block out the negativity because all I would say, and I would remind myself, you know, this is what my body was made to do. Mm -hmm. I, in order to be able to do it, I need to have faith in my body. Yeah. And trust that it knows what to do. Because if I start doubting myself, then it all goes out the window. You know, I'm not going to be the strongest that I can be to be able to get through it. Yeah. I think that, I don't know, too, like, there are interventions that midwives can do. Like, they have training to, if something goes wrong, even if you're not in the hospital, like, you know, obviously, in some situations, they'll want to get you to a hospital. And I think there's a plan in place for that. But there's interventions that they can do at the bedside to help you know, situations just like they could do if you were in a hospital, if something, you know, goes wrong. Oh, yeah. Like, she, you know, we didn't talk too much in length about, you know, this could go wrong, that could go wrong. Because I think she knew I wanted to have the most positive mindset. And obviously, I knew things can happen. Mm -hmm. But um, I was big on not focusing in on the what ifs but she had anything happened was ready to make the quickest decision you know either it's something she can handle or we're going to call the EMTs and go Mm -hmm. you know we had uh, a plan for if things didn't go well yeah um but yeah like I said we were just we were more just trying to focus on Instead of what if it doesn't go well, the it's going to go well. Yeah. You know, we've got this. I trust you. She trusts me. We're good. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's awesome. I'm curious how, um, because your husband is my cousin. (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious if he was like on board from the beginning with the home birth or if you had to like convince him or if he was whatever you want to do. He totally surprised me, honestly. I when I first mentioned it, he was all for it. You know, he's I think it's a great idea, you know, yeah. fully supportive, never had a single doubt or if he did, he never let me know about it. Yeah. Which I'm grateful for. <laughs> and even after she was born, you know, he'd tell all his coworkers, you know, I'm scared of that woman. She just had a baby at home, no pain medication and was up and walking around 2 hours later. I don't I'm scared of her. Yeah. Funny. No, he was he was fully on board from the start. And it was, I think that's what also made the decision a lot easier because I didn't have to try to convince him that yeah. it was a good idea. He yeah. just trusted me to make that decision. Yeah. I think a lot of women struggle with that. You know, not having supportive partners in that way. And that they do voice all those fears and all those concerns to them. And that's not what you need to hear when you're trying to. Yeah, no. (laughs) In the mindset that you can do that. But 
I think, you know, both of you being positive together and not listening to other people's opinions on how they think birth should go or all the what ifs, I think that that really probably made all the difference. And that's really cool. Oh, it, it definitely did. Um, Cause I even, I, since having her, I've had the chance to talk to a few, even some of my friends that are considering home birth. Mm-hmm. And I've now gotten the opportunity to be the one that they come to, to say, you know, is it worth it? You know, is it scary? Tell me about it, you know, and I feel this immense joy to be able to take away some of the fear yeah. and some of the stigma surrounding it. Cause I know home birds were popular back in the day. It mm. was a very normal thing. And I think they kind of fell off for a little while there. Yeah. Cause it's, it's like I said, when I said that I was doing it, everybody was just, are you sure? Like, you don't have to do that. You can just go to a hospital. <laughs> and yeah, it was like, it was like they thought I was, you know, someone was twisting my arm, making me do it. And it's like, no, I just, what I want to do, it's a normal thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They definitely, I feel like in recent years have gained more popularity again. And I, I think it's just because, I mean, we're realizing that a lot of the intervention that we do in hospital births is not necessary. Oh yeah. And it doesn't, you know, have to be this, which, you know, I've, I've worked bedside in the hospital, so they're not all like this, but sometimes it's like, it's a really medical environment. (laughs) That's not always what you want. And that kind of, you know, while you're trying to literally bring a life into this world. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's something, no. that, you know, I wish that I could consider, but I am too high risk for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I think that my husband would be one that like, in that situation, obviously, he would support anything that I chose to do. But he's one that if I decided to go that route, I would have to convince because he'd be like, are you sure? Like, which he kind of gets grossed out with like, body fluids and stuff he'd be like he'd mostly be concerned about the bed like he wouldn't even <laughs> like on the bed oh <laughs> uh, we, we threw we got rid of our mattress topper already and got a new one <laughs> no I, I wish that he had been more grossed out because I will never forget it I tell everybody about it I'm in the process of pushing you know we're making progress and all of a sudden he's right beside me he says She's looking at me. <laughs> Her head was out. He says, she's looking at me. And I said, why would you tell me that? <laughs> why, when I'm in the middle of trying to she's get trying her to get fully her out, out <laughs> you're going to tell me that she's eyes open, looking directly at you. <laughs> it's like, that's not something that I wanted to know, nor no. did I need to know. <laughs> Now you're like visualizing that and you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, it was it was one of the moments I was very nice to him throughout the process, but that was one of the moments where I'm pretty sure I did tell him to shut up. <laughs> you gotta get out of here. <laughs> Cause that was after already, you know, I was grateful for it. My midwife, you know, wanted me to be as involved as possible. Mm-hmm. She had asked me a few times 
you know, oh, you know, reach down and feel her. You can feel her head. And after about the third time, I'm thinking, I'm tired of feeling her. Let's get her out. <laughs> her out. I want to feel her up here on my chest. <laughs> like, I don't want to do any more reaching. I don't want to look. Let's just get it done. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned, too, um, that you had a doula. Is that someone that was working with your midwife or did you find one on your own? I actually, it's interesting and it's kind of funny now that I like look back on it. I had never met her Um, throughout all of my midwife appointments. She wasn't mentioned that I can remember. And then when I'm in labor and my midwife shows up, there's another person with her and I'm thinking, who is that? <laughs> and she's like, oh, this is Erin. You know, she's my assistant. She's a doula. She's here to help. And it was just at that point, I didn't care. It's yeah. like, you know, the, the more the merrier. Come on in. You know, nothing to hide at this point. Yeah. Um, but I honestly loved her. She was the greatest. And I would, even if you're not doing a home birth, I would encourage any any person giving birth to hire a doula. Yeah. Because it's just that extra support person that you don't even know you need until you have it. You yeah. know, she was I'm going through all these contractions as back labor, it's excruciating and she's helping brush my hair out of my face, you know, telling me I'm doing an amazing job doing the cold compress on my forehead and at one point during pushing she stood and held on to the towel and said, all right, grab the other end. Next time you push, I want you to pull as hard as you can. Mm-hmm. So we were, she was like playing tug of war with me while I was pushing just to get myself focused on putting my all into mm-hmm. it. And I told, I told me, I was like, you know, obviously I went with her, but I'm really glad she was there. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That reminded me of that gave me like the feels because I used to play tug of war with my patients, <laughs> and I would like, <laughs> you know, do all the things. Um, but like you said, I don't think that a lot of people realize that they can. Which it kind of you know with COVID times it was hard because you couldn't bring your doula and your husband and all these people, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but you can have a doula even in hospital settings. Like you're allowed to bring that support oh, yeah. person and. I, I mean, some people don't realize that or they think that it has to be one that like the hospital provides or whatever. And, you know, you're whatever support person you need, like seek that out and bring them with you. Bring everybody in. Which and because I think people also don't realize that it's not just for support during the delivery process, but also, you know, you're so brained in labor and, you know, from, you know, my sister's gave birth in hospitals, they're asking you a ton of questions. They're, you know, doing all these things. And sometimes you need a person there that can just be your advocate that can talk for you. So you can just be fully focused on what you need. Yeah. And I think that's why it's also so important. To have, you know, nothing ever goes exactly to plan. But having a birth plan is so important. Because if you and your support person are on the same page with your birth plan, they all for you and you don't have to do anything. Yeah. You don't want to have to think during labor. Like just here are my answers. Here's what I want. Figure it out. 
<laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I think an under you like an underutilized resource as well, which with insurance and cost and things like that doesn't make it easy to access. But postpartum doulas like that actually mm-hmm. come to your house and you know check on you for days or weeks after you have the baby and make sure you know that you're eating and drinking and help you with you know feeding the baby and that sort of thing like so like such an important resource that we don't have enough access to I didn't even oh, yeah. know that it was a thing like when I was still working bedside like that's something I learned about in recent years I'm like wait they have doulas for after like it just needs to be talked about more yeah that was um definitely another part with you know my midwife I didn't have to leave my house for my postpartum appointments mm-hmm. she came to me I got to, you know, stay comfortable, keep my baby in the house. And I can't remember exactly the timeline of visits, but I know she came a few days after the birth. And then we went kind of on a week to week basis. She would touch in be like, how are you feeling? You know, anything I need to know about, Mm -hmm. let me know if you need me to come. And it was just, it took a lot of pressure off of my shoulders of having to you know, call and schedule an appointment, load up a newborn, go to the appointment. And, you know, I also feel like I'm one of those people when I go to the doctor, any and all questions that I had before I got there are gone. Yeah. You know, and any concerns I had, I don't remember them. Yeah. But being able to stay in my comfortable environment, it just felt so much easier to air out everything you know, this is what I'm struggling with. Yeah. This is what I need help with, you know, cause she's there. She's seeing the mess. Mm-hmm. She's seeing my mess, you know, how I'm looking. She can tell <laughs> how I'm feeling. Yeah. And it was, she was so easy to talk to, Yeah. to tell her everything that was going on. Yeah. It's the comfortability. Like you're in your own home obviously you're always going to be more comfortable at home talking about what's going on. And like you said, you, you can't, you know, put on, you know, a good outfit and go to the doctor and give the illusion that you are holding it all together when you're not like she's in your home. Yes. (laughs) She's seeing it all. But I think that's good because I think so often we just like pretend everything's okay because we don't want to be labeled as like the mom that is struggling. (laughs) But yeah, (laughs) we're all struggling a little bit and that's okay. (laughs) I think, I think it's more to not struggle at all. Cause I mean, you know, they tell you it takes years for your hormones to balance back out after having a baby, you know, you're not the same person that you were before and it's always seen as a bad thing, Mm -hmm. but it's not, you know, you're a new person and it's scary because you know you have to kind of try to one fall into a routine with a newborn you know figure all that out but you also have to make sure that you're taking the time to figure out yourself yeah you know who you are as a mother how you're feeling you know paying attention to how your body has changed how your emotions have changed i cuz i thought that um the only postpartum conditions were like postpartum depression, you know, those ones. I didn't know that postpartum rage was a thing. Mm -hmm. 
Nobody ever told me about it. So I struggled for a little while until I said something about it. I was like, I'm just so mad all the time. You know, I look at this perfect little baby and she makes me so happy, but I'm so mad all the time. You know, my husband talks to me and I just, it's like, it's getting under my skin in the worst way. And I had to be told, you know, it's normal and it's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not something you need to shame yourself for. And I think one of the reasons I was scared to talk about it was because I don't want people to think I'm mad at my baby. Yeah. Or because of my baby. Because it had, you know, she brought me the most joy I had ever felt in my life. Yeah. It was just in those quiet moments, you know, when she's napping or when someone else is holding her. It's like I said before, you know, when you relax, all those feelings set in again. Mm-hmm. And you have to just kind of sit with them. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to ask you really quickly because you are pregnant with baby number two, which mm-hmm. is exciting. Um, and this is probably an obvious answer, but planning a home birth again <laughs> for baby number two. Yes, but planning to do a lot of things differently. Okay. I, you know, planning to go into it a little bit more prepared. I thought I was prepared the first time. It's really, it's not anything like the big stuff, you know, because in terms of being prepared, there's not a lot that I have to do. You Mm -hmm. know, I buy a birth kit online that has a lot of necessities in it. And then my midwife brings stuff. It was more just me. I had made a labor playlist of music to help keep me calm. And I had different pain management tools that I was going to use. And I think just in the moment, I kind of forgot about everything. Mm-hmm. I never started my playlist. I didn't use a lot of my tools that I had. And <laughs> afterwards, I was just kicking myself. I was like, I feel like I could have, it was the best experience, but I feel like I could have made it better for me. Yeah. Um. So it's just, you know, small stuff. You know, I want to have my music and have my lighting right and all my different tools and just basics. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the moment, I feel like you do forget about everything that you kind of planned. And I mean, you kind of get to the point where you're like, all right, get this baby out. <laughs> I don't care what music is playing. I don't care what the lighting is. But yeah, I think even going into it a second time, like there's still things that you want to do differently and you can do differently. And I think that's just, that's really cool. Yeah. And I think even after this time, there will still probably be things where I say, oh, I could have done this differently. I should have done that. But I try not to get too hung up on it because I feel like as long as I'm happy with how things went, you know, I'm healthy, baby's healthy, everything went smoothly, you know, everything else stops mattering after a while, you know, it matters at first, you know, I want to, I want to listen to this song and that song, I want to do this and that, but it's really just preference. (laughs) Yeah. So something that I thought about just now is, do you think that you'll want your daughter in the room whenever you're having your new baby? That's actually something that I've been talking about lately. I've said, you know, obviously if it's another 
instance where I'm laboring overnight, she's just going to sleep and, you know, I'll have my mother-in-law or whoever ready to take care of her if she wakes up. Mm -hmm. But if it's, you know, during the day, if she's awake and running around, I have always thought that it would be important to me to have her be part of it, mm-hmm. you know, cause already she doesn't understand obviously, but already she's obsessed with my belly she's mm-hmm. baby, everything. She talks about the baby. She pulls my shirt up to try to see the baby. <laughs> she tries to say brother. <laughs> try to see and, the baby. Like, I know you're in there. <laughs> it just, Oh yeah. She knows. But I think it just, it means a lot to me to have her, I don't want to say like be exposed to it, but just be aware of how natural and calming and, you know, normal it is to have a baby. Because, you know, some, even some grown women that I've talked to, mm-hmm. it's like labor and delivery is the most terrifying thing in the world. Yeah, And I don't, I want her to grow up knowing that you know this is what it's it's normal this is what your body was created to do this is what your body is made to be able to do and it doesn't always have to be a scary thing yeah you know it can be a really calm loving environment so yeah if she's if she's up and wanting to be present she'll be there That's really cool. And I think that's going to make for some really, like, really sweet pictures, too, (laughs) to have her, like, oh, definitely in the room. And I mean, I kind of think of it in terms of, like, like, with breastfeeding, kind of, like, kids are going to think their opinion on things are going to be what you teach them until they become adults and, like, learn for themselves. Like, if you make labor this terrifying thing, they're not going to want to be there. And they're you know, they're not going to want to be involved, but if you make it natural and this is what happens and, you know, just laying out the facts of this is what it is, they're going to see it in that way. And I think that a a lot of people look at labor, like this taboo thing. Like, well, how do you think you got here? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I think that's important, especially raising daughters to not make it a terrifying thing because yeah, you know, here you have a daughter that will maybe have kids of her own one day. It's like you don't want her to to think that about having kids one day, which thinking yeah, and having kids one day is crazy. <laughs> oh, it is. But I've even I've talked about it with, you know, with Nate. I've said, you know, I also want her to know that if, you know, she's having a healthy pregnancy, that home birth is an option. And that she feels like she can do it because it wasn't portrayed as something scary for her. Yeah. You know, I want her to grow up having the most trust in her body that she can have. (laughs) Yeah. I think the trust is really cool. And I think that the, just the, like, it's so intimate. I feel like having a home birth, like it, I, I know, like, I didn't have a home birth and I didn't plan to have one, but when we went to the hospital, like I knew I was kind of thankful for COVID, which is a crazy thing to say out loud, but (laughs) I was kind of thankful that they had the one visitor restriction because from the beginning, I only wanted Tyree in the room. Like, and I knew that even before we ever got married and got pregnant, I knew that I only wanted him in there. And that kind of like took the burden off me 
to tell people, no, you can't come to the hospital. <laughs> I mean, our mothers were in the parking lot the whole time, which was fine. And, you know, I would have let them come up like to see her in the hospital. But when I was actually delivering, I knew from the beginning, I only wanted it to be him. And so I just think that's really cool about home birth is you're kind of already in that space where, yeah, you have the midwife, you have the doula, you can have other family there if you want to, but like you're in your home, like you're in your element. Oh yeah. And that's, I mean, that was a big thing for me too. Cause I know a lot of women, their mother is the one that they want there in addition to their partner. But I, the way I explained it to people, cause they asked, you know, is your grandmother going to be there with you? And I said, no, just me and Nate. Mm-hmm. And I kind of explained it as, you know, I've been part of this family for the past 24 years. And this was the start of my family, you know, with my partner. And it was really important for me to have it be us as a team, bringing our daughter into the world, starting our family officially. You know, my grandmother was sitting out in the living room. She would have come in if I wanted her to, Mm -hmm. but she even completely understood, you know, this is something I need to do and I need to do it with him. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That that's a really beautiful way to look at it. Is this is like the moment that you're starting your family. And yeah, you still have your other family, but I mean Tyree says that all the time. It's like we think about our family in like a separate unit now. Like we have our larger family, but when it comes down to it, like it's the three of us and like the three of us that have to stick together and like, we have to do the best for our daughter. And I think that's just really, you know, that's a really cool way. Oh, yeah, Cause you know, it's easy, you know, from the minute you find out you're pregnant to say, you know, oh, this is our little family and everything, but it's a completely different thing to when you're actually there bringing your baby into the world and it's officially you know the three of you yeah it's just it's such a powerful moment and I think it's so important for it to be you know them you know you your partner the baby to have that bonding moment Mm -hmm. absolutely well I want to thank you for being so (laughs) you know open and vulnerable and sharing your story and I think that it's going to give a really good perspective to you know other women listening that you know have never even thought about home birth or are thinking about one or are curious about it um just to kind of hear it from a different angle so I think that's really really awesome and thank you for sharing about it of course I was excited to do it (laughs) (laughs) and I I can't wait to hear how the next one goes and you know meet the newest little guy that's going to be around (laughs) and (laughs) I will leave Hannah's Instagram in the show notes if you want to check her out and make sure you're following at the bedside on Instagram for announcements and future episodes so until next time thanks for being here